What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, not as excite- like exciting Monday Night Game was last week, but still having fun watching it, and always fun to be down here. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I don't love this game. We talked about this before. Uh, it's just it, the defenses are playing well, and I like me a good defensive battle. But I feel like this is more a product of Geno Smith and Jameis Winston being. It's a, it's a mixture of good great. defense and some inefficiency. Yeah, yeah. I hear you there. All right. Well, we're here to talk about everything Week Seven of the NFL. We'll go through some injuries, highlights, lowlights. And then walk you through the waiver wire wish list as we do every Monday night. First of all, thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you guys tune into all of the shows this week. Uh, just a quick update: the college football cut is on hold this week. They're not going to have a show. However, the coach approach will be live on Wednesday, and DFS deep dive will be back on Friday as usual. So make sure you guys check those out. Uh, it, we did okay ranking this week, so make sure you guys hit up the website, cutffb.com slash rankings throughout the week. Um, anything to add, Randy? Uh, my Alvin Kamara's possibly RB1 takes looking pretty good. Yeah, he's he's having a heck of a game. He actually won me two matchups that I was uh, I had a 1% chance of winning, so I'm it, feeling good about that. It's not the way I called uh, necessarily, but at least fully, but I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm excited to see what this offense looks like with Michael Thomas back, if he ever does return, uh, which he might not. Uh, all right. Week seven fallout. We start with the bad stuff, and then we we come around to the good stuff, and then we go back to the bad stuff. So uh, <laughs> it's a nice uh, steady flow. But uh, injuries this week. So Miles Sanders sprained his ankle. doesn't look to be too serious. Seems like a low ankle sprain from everything I was reading. We're going to touch on this player, but I, I mean, uh, there's no reason to bury the lead. We've talked about Kenneth Gainwell about 72 times on this show since the season started. Randy, what do you think this means for Gainwell for the next couple of weeks at least? Well, let's say the next week um, because yeah. it, I did love this injury's already been described as the everyday sidewalk injury. It's like you stepped mm-hmm. off the sidewalk and rolled your ankle where mm-hmm. it looks incredibly painful but it really isn't didn't even do anything to you uh so there's a good chance he precautionary wise sits a week out but this offense and coaching staff did seem to want to run the ball finally and not be in an rpo that was sirianni's excuses why they hadn't run the ball as well as jail hurts he just refused to give the ball up it's like well i feel like that's probably 50 50 but whatever <laughs> uh but it does suck for sanders because he was looking really good and then Gainwell looked really good as well. And I'll say Boston Scott as well. But Gainwell will, at least if Sanders is out, if they continue that kind of offense, we'll have a good week against the Lions. I mean, that's yeah. that's why Gainwell, if you expect Sanders to be out, which I kind of do, is probably the top wide waiver ad. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to all that. Uh, but like I said, guys, so we told you to pick Gainwell up weeks ago and part of our justification was he's one of the higher value handcuff players too well now he's still available in a ton of leagues and like i said we'll talk about him a little bit more later but i mean he should be on your roster if he's sitting on your waivers he he should be on your roster so 
uh, more injuries, Zach Wilson, PCL injury, uh, some, some debate about if the hit was dirty from the Patriots. I didn't really think it was to be honest, but I, I didn't, but some, well, you're, you're, you're a Patriots fan. I'm not. So, but the Jets fans are the ones that are screaming that it, they should have called it, which maybe for no. just low, low hitting the, the legs, but he was an active runner at the time. So I yeah. Don't, it, it, it's tough, but he is out two to four weeks. They did just trade for Joe Flacco. Do you have any interest in Flacco and Superflex at least? Uh, Superflex like fourteen, sixteen team, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or thirty-two team Twitter Invitational League, yeah, definitely. Uh, but <laughs> I'm spending all of my waiver my money on that. <laughs> That's what um, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So Zach Wilson, it, it sucks. Um. I will say, you know, that was a product of him getting outside of the pocket. The second one was just him not feeling the pressure, which we've seen the rookie quarterbacks doing a lot. They just don't feel pressure coming from the edge. So he'll be fine when he comes back. Stop panicking. Oh, and Zach Wilson 2.0 got hurt too. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I made a joke that because everyone made joke or the the comp was Patrick Mahomes for Zach Wilson. Now the joke is that uh, Patrick Mahomes is actually Zach Wilson. Uh, I wrote in here, he, he passed concussion protocol. Somehow he could have went back in that game. I don't believe you, Andy Reed, our chief's training staff, uh, because I mean, that was one of the worst looking concussions that I've seen in a, a while. What did you think of that, Randy? Yeah, it, it looked devastating. However, I will say sometimes it's the ones that don't look devastating that end up being really bad and vice versa where the devastating ones you're fine it, it's just it's kind of a especially with concussions it's kind of just a toss-up situation uh, yeah. but however i do think he didn't he didn't pass it or at least he didn't fully pass it uh you know yeah maybe pulled uh the old uh high school trick of oh well i only got five of the 20 right on my test now when I get a concussion, I'll get four, and they'll be like, well, he's probably fine. <laughs> yep, there you go. Yeah, you know, uh, but the other thing is, I think even if it's close or he thinks he did, or, or he did pass it, I think this was said quickly so they don't get asked about it 20 times. Yeah. that Well, and he was already uh, said to be – oh, my God, Jameis Winston's fighting with people on, on my television. Um, he's just screaming at people. Uh he, Patrick Mahomes is said to be playing this week. So it, I wouldn't worry too much about this. Don't go pick up Chad Henney. I will say, I don't know that Patrick Mahomes playing is, is a great thing right now. That, that offense is not gelling and is not clicking. I, he's still a QB one. You're still starting him in fantasy, of course. Uh, but I think we might be entering the range of let's temper those expectations and kind of expect, lower QB one performances. Randy, are you along the same lines? Do you think that he's going to turn this turnover? I've been been ranking a mid tier QB one for the last couple of weeks. I think that's where I'll continue to rake him because he does have explosive upside. Um, But the floor just isn't there right now. And again, I, I know like I understand your Twitter's jokes and people coming after you from before and you're joking back at them now after some, correctness has shown uh yeah but uh for those that aren't in just so we're clear 
Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. It's this offense, at least talent-wise, just like how Rodgers was for a while, the best quarterback in the league talent-wise, just didn't matter because Brady was better. <laughs> uh, Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league right now. The difference is this offense just isn't working together. The line is doing all right. I think they honestly looked best the week that Clyde Edwards-Alaire had over 100 yards rushing because <laughs> they didn't have to have Mahomes throw 50 times for 450 yards and six touchdowns. Like, why does that have to be the outcome for you to be able to beat good teams is my point. You should be a, a balanced offense. Again, I know Clyde's out right now, and you don't trust Williams to that extent except at the goal line. However, you got to figure it the fuck out. <laughs> You're a Super Bowl winning coach and a Super Bowl you just went to the Super Bowl again. Like this is a team that shouldn't be having this much struggles offensively when the only person that's out for your offense is a running back you didn't use except for a week and a half. Yeah. I I do want to note because I did see this and I think it is, is noteworthy. Patrick Mahomes turnover worthy play number has actually gone down this year as opposed to the last two years. Which, when you look at his turnovers, you say, how is that even possible? Well, a lot of his turnovers have been non-turnover worthy. Uh, we, we've seen a few drops that have led to picks. We have seen some boneheaded plays where he's just trying to do too much. But I will say, overall, the, the supporting cast around him, people people kind of laughed off Sammy Watkins leaving, but I think that actually has impacted this offense more than they would be willing to admit. Byron Pringle is currently their wide receiver too. That is really, really not ideal. Um, I think Josh Gordon eventually might get up to speed, but then by then he'll he, probably be yeah, back he, in rehab. So he's not um, that. Honestly, they should be seeking to trade right now for a wide receiver. I think that would help them immensely. I understand they are kind of hard pressed for cap. I understand they they're not necessarily hard pressed for draft capital though. So you probably could figure something out. Um, yeah, I think they so. need a, a number two go to guy. They the last few weeks have tried to make that McCole Hardman. He's had some mixed results. Uh, but besides being fed targets, he hasn't really done much. And to that extent, Dante Pettis has done that the last two weeks. He's been fed targets and he's been okay. So I really don't say that's a good thing for McCole Hardman. Uh, I think they should be right. looking to get better elsewhere to give some attention off of Hill and Kelsey because that's really what's hurting. Yeah. For sure. All right. But he is playing this week, Patrick Mahomes. So that's that's the good news yeah. there. Um, yeah, thankfully, because that, that could have been a much worse injury. I'm, I'm very glad he's not hurt. I, I, was, I, was, I was a little scared watching it. I mean, it, it looked bad. Yeah. His neck's not back. So, um, no, he. I mean, he literally accidentally, obviously, but he literally yeah. got running knee in the in the face yeah that ended up like being a full-fledged whiplash effect like this could have been much worse yeah for sure all right next one josh jacobs left the game uh knee ankle can't remember don't didn't uh the reason i can't remember though i thought it was his knee the reason i can't remember is because they said he'll be fine they have the bye this week and so he'll be fine moving into his next game and so it's not really that noteworthy other than the fact that Kenyon Drake outscored Josh Jacobs. Uh, that probably won't happen when Josh Jacobs is fully healthy because it was close. <laughs> I was going to say, he kind of barely did. Like, Jacobs still had a really good start to the game. Yeah. Um, I He looks he looked very good. I, this offense is clicking, <laughs> which is 
ridiculous because they were clicking, then they looked terrible, and now they're clicking again. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't see how he misses the game with the bye week, but if he does, I would say I don't even think you pick up Kenny Drake, but do I guess you would because you could argue that the reason Peyton Barber had a decent game with getting all those carries was because of Gruden. And when Gruden wasn't there, they're like, well, we have this guy that none of the other guys are. We're just going to use him. <laughs> yeah. So I guess maybe uh, <laughs> hope. Maybe this week you try to trade Kenny and Trey. <laughs> like, well, Jacobs got hurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that they're actually using Kenny and Drake now. That's that's for sure. They, but he... They've been using him the whole time. It's just they haven't, like, the running game hasn't been ultra efficient to start the year. That's the difference. Yeah. Uh, Johnu Smith, we added to this injury report here. He left with a shoulder injury. There's really no update on this yet. That's the Belichick way. Uh, we'll get an update later this week. So it, uh, it just sucks because he was having by far the best game of his season. And with eight, almost nine minutes left in the second quarter, he hurt his shoulder on like a non like catch play or something. Like it wasn't like an obvious injury on the field. And then yeah. we're just like, oh, John is gone. Well, Hunter Henry caught a one-yard touchdown, I guess. Let <laughs> the streak yeah. continue. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're about to talk about the rest of that, that game here in a second. So uh, we'll leave it at that. All right. Now, those were like the main offensive injuries. Uh, we'll keep Thankfully you posted. A short list. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep you posted if something else happens tonight, but it shouldn't at this point. Uh, All right, let's go to the highlights. The first highlight I have here are the Bengals, Uh, the entire Cincinnati Bengals team. They routed, they absolutely routed the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, which I think is actually super significant. Uh, They kind of, they are atop the AFC right now. They have the best record in the AFC. I kind of shunned, or didn't shun them, but like I pushed them off as frauds uh, because I didn't think that, their, the way they were running their offense was sustainable, and I didn't think that their defense would continue playing at a top five level. Both of those things have happened. Randy, what are your your initial like? What's your reaction to them just absolutely manhandling what I would argue is the second best team in the AFC? Uh, a very good team win. I think that's the best way to put it. The defense has looked good this year. We knew that there was. Uh, reservations going to this game for obvious reasons. The Ravens been stellar. Um, Burroughs looked good. He's the early slump that we expected and predicted has been gone through. His receiving core is healthy. Uh, they're all working well together. He's got a tight end that's actually catching a ball now. Uh, the running backs look good. It's just all coming together right now. However, it's it's still a tough division. They still don't have the easiest schedule. I believe. I had, of us two, I gave them seven or eight wins, and I was by far the highest of us two. And I still think that's realistic, that they only get seven or eight wins. Uh, yeah. I, I do think they, let's be honest, the last couple of weeks, they play as a playoff caliber team. I'm not disputing that, but that doesn't mean you get in the playoffs necessarily. Uh, they've also been, the given the luck of a lot of big kind of broken plays, as we just saw there with Uzama, as we saw with, Jamar Chase this week and most weeks. Um, And that's, it's just like we talked about with Mahomes where he hasn't had like terrible plays that have caused interceptions this year. He has more interceptions because of a little bit of bad luck. 
in prior years he had worse decision making and worse throwing and he didn't have all those picks well it was luck you know it's it's simple it's obviously skill and talent but it's also luck and i think a lot of good things have bounced the Bengals way i think that continues however again this is quite possibly the hardest division in football yeah it sure is yeah they have the the most difficult schedule uh, remaining, I believe, of all the NFL teams, um, which, which we always knew that they had a tough back half of their schedule. Um, I will say, you know, I, I made jokes about Joe Burrow. Guys, I mean, Joe Burrow was good in this game, but like Randy said, <clears throat> a lot of broken plays. And if you go look at, like, his actual – I know completion percentage isn't super indicative of really anything, but he was, like – one of the worst quarterbacks in adjusted completion percentage in this game. Um, he, I believe he was like sixth worst in the entire league this week. He, there were times that he looked every bit of special. And then there were times where, you know, we saw some of the concern Burrow's going to get better, which I think should put the AFC North teams on notice. I think really what this game did for me was say, okay, Maybe the Steelers are a little better uh, because I know the Bengals kind of gave it to them as well. I I just think that this team, if they're going to be successful, they need their defense to continue playing in the way that it has. I think it's I, I do think it's sustainable at this point. I I didn't think that Ouzier was going to become this awesome corner for them immediately, and and he was great in this game, and they were able to hold Lamar uh, to, you know. D- 17 points but 15 for 31 for 257 and just one touchdown yeah he added 88 yards on the ground by himself but like this is the the way you beat the ravens and the bengals executed a great game plan it was awesome yep all right next thing i I alluded to this but the patriots offense is finally clicking the patriots team as a whole yes they were playing the jets the defense was always going to succeed in this game we kind of knew that but this Patriots offense was incredibly impressive, in my opinion. Uh, I've made jokes about Mac Jones, too. I think he is starting to look a little better. I think they're finally opening up the offense for him a little bit. He's got three straight weeks of an average depth of target over seven and a half yards. He might have been at 7.4 this week, but somewhere around there, which is a lot better than the five and six that we were seeing before. Just they, they condensed the field. He's starting to run the offense that, we know the Patriots want to run, and that showed when they put up 54 points on the New York Jets this week. Mac Jones, 24 for 36, 307, two touchdowns. He also added 19 yards on the ground, dual threat, baby. Uh, but this was just a, a manhandling. I don't know how to feel about this Patriots team. I I, I feel like they're going to be that tough They're gonna They're fighting until the very last snap, which we kind of saw against the Bucs. What do you think this team is? Is this a borderline playoff team to you, Randy? Yeah. But I thought that coming into the season, yeah, this is exactly how I expected them to play uh, with Damian Harris leading the way with a great on the ground. Uh, uh, obviously, Bolden through the air. I don't think that's uh, something we can count on every week, especially with Ramondre kind of taking away all of Bolden's snaps for the last couple weeks. So don't go pick up Brandon Bolden. That's what I'm kind of getting at there. But 
this game was dominated on the ground with good play through the air by tight ends, by all the receivers. Jacoby Myers wasn't dominating the target share this week. They spread it out well. I mean, obviously, Jacoby Myers is the best receiver of that room, but getting help the way he did uh, with Borden and Aguilar and the two tight ends and Bolden and Harris to some extent was huge. And I think that's how they win with a, yeah. with the go-to guy in Myers and with the red zone threats of the tight ends and Harris on the ground and just Harris and Ramondre dominating the ground and letting, I mean, Mac Jones, who is, is a rookie, he's not going to look that good. You know, like we've been spoiled by great rookies of the past year or two. <laughs> uh he he's looking as good as he should and yeah. i think that's the biggest thing and i know mav absolutely despises your jared goff comparison but what a lot of people forget after the last couple of years now is the super bowl run of goff he looked great and he looked great because todd Gurley looked great and his offensive line looked great and he was dumping it efficiently to all his receivers and tight ends everything looked great yep. <laughs> no we were talking about how this could be a dynasty and goff while he isn't spectacular, could be the franchise quarterback of the future of the Rams. It hasn't played out that way. I don't expect that to be the trajectory of Mac Jones, but it's not a terrible thing to compare, at least for the first year or two or three of his career, Mac Jones being that version of Jared Goff. Yeah. That yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't think that's necessarily a ceiling, but if it is, it's not the worst thing in the world either, especially with the Patriots and how they like to form their teams. Right. I guess my question, I was actually going to ask this. What do you think Mac's ceiling is? Because I, someone mentioned me on Twitter today and said, Mac looks pretty good. Look at this PFF grade. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is close to Mac's final form, personally. Like, I think he can get better at throwing deep. But he, I guess my perception of what his ceiling would be, and I don't even know if this is better than Jared Goff in that season, but. Andy Dalton for the Bengals, that like four year period where he was fringe, like top 14, 15, like in the eyes of NFL quarterbacks, but with an A.J. Green, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a different type of quarterback as well with Andy Dalton being a gut, like a big arm quarterback, Red Rocket, obviously. Uh, (laughs) Like that's, that's, that's not Mac Jones. That's not his style. It's not his game plan. So in that regard, I mean, like he's continually the, that entire group will continually be it's it's Baker, it's Kirk, it's you know, it's unfortunately yeah. it's all white guys, but it's the it's that mid tier where they're not giving you fifty yards on the ground, and their team is efficient. They're they have good running games, and they're not putting up six touchdowns a game or, or even four or three to that extent. They'll have those games, and they're going to have their keep you one weeks but they're going to be rotational pieces at that quarterback one slot. I think that's his upside. Yeah. I also will say, you know, I I've been critical of Mac because of his inability to push the ball downfield. I still think that's the case, but a safe quarterback is exactly what this team wants is someone yeah. who takes care of the football. He's executing the game plan. If he has to throw the ball to win games, I I do still have my reservations on that. Like, I don't think he can put the team on his back right now. No. And he might eventually, but just yeah. not yet. He's and again, like that, that whole, oh, who's better? That's like we talked about on Twitter yesterday or today. I honestly don't even remember at this point. But like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't 
matter to start your career. Like, uh, obviously, like we said, Derek Carr's clearly better than Burrow. Burrow had a, a great game. There's, I don't understand why that's an argument, but yeah. <laughs> Carr's a better quarterback because he's done this, <laughs> and he's got a a better arm, and he has he's very talented as well, and he has a team that's already built around him, whereas. Burrow still has to figure out the full build of the team, or not Burrow, the Bengals. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't understand why it's like a, well, yeah. I mean, the guy that's been around for six years, why would we say he's better? It's like, well, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. He, he should be better. That's the thing. It, yeah. That was just a weird, weird offseason thing where I asked who was better, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow. And then I was just scrolling through some of my old tweets and saw that. And I thought that was funny. And, Still, still true today. Burrow will probably be better next year, but we'll see. There's a chance. I mean, you know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, that, that quarterback for Las Vegas. uh, Yeah, Derek Carr. uh, Outstanding performance. Uh, He had three incompletions in this football game. He, one of them was an interception, of course, which is super unfortunate. Uh, But he went 31 of 34 for 323 yards two touchdowns. Um, that's pretty much what he added. I find that stat line to be kind of shocking simply because Henry Ruggs didn't do much at all. And so that high yardage total normally is accompanied by Henry Ruggs having a big day. Well, this was just Derek Carr carving up this Eagle secondary. I need to, I need to, frame this correctly is this version of Derek Carr better than the borderline MVP broken leg Derek Carr from whenever that year was yes okay and I, I think agree. there's a couple factors in that um well experience obviously as we we've gone over um trusting the deep ball a little bit more I think is a big factor um I think that year the line was better so the fact that he's performing this level with this line uh, is is another give up to this year, and the receiving core is much much worse than it was that year. Obviously, they didn't have a Waller at that time, but they had Crabtree and Cooper, who were ridiculous at that point. Uh, yeah. They don't have anywhere near that kind of talent. Even if you add Waller to the receiving room, which they didn't <laughs> this week, uh, but even if you add him, you could get rid of one of those guys, and maybe the rest of the receivers add up to the other one. You know. Um, so yeah, I would say he's a little bit better. Um, it's, it just comes with the territory. I think he's comfortable and that's the biggest thing. I don't think I've seen him feel comfortable up until middle of last year, really, even in that MVP caliber year, it's, he was killing it, but he's still, well, should I throw it to Murray more, but he's dropping it a couple of times. Crabtree wants the ball in the red zone. Should I throw it to, you know? He's second right. guessing. Now it's just like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he just throws the open guy, which is exactly yep. what you want out of your quarterback. Follow up question If this version of Derek Carr is better than the MVP caliber year, do you think Derek Carr belongs in the MVP discussion right now, assuming that the Raiders continue their winning success? I think he does. Uh, I don't think he has. I would have to double check that, but I don't think he has the same stats is that season and that's kind of what the mvp discussion is going to be yeah. more heavily relied on the stats i just think purely as a quarterback and how he's playing he's playing better the stats may be a little bit different though yeah 
Yeah, I, I think he's more decisive now, uh, yes. like we alluded to. And I Which think that has been his career biggest problem. Yeah. That's why yeah. he didn't throw the deep ball early in his career. That's because he just, well, he did somewhat and then it didn't work. And he's like, I don't know. And now he's just completely out of his head and he's playing his brand of football and what works best for him and the Raiders. And it, it's, it's beautiful to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, Raiders outlook moving forward. Do you think this, uh, the, the John Gruden stuff lit a fire? Do you think that this is going to be a consistent? Let's, uh, just I won't beat the crap out of teams. <laughs> I won't go there yet. Um, I think this is the best outcome coming out of such a terrible situation. And what I was hoping for and somewhat predicted to an extent, I think this team is rallied behind Carr and his leadership. Um, yeah. And it, that's not even with Carr. Carr didn't do anything like go out and uh, just decimate Gruden into the media or something. He he actually did the exact opposite was still condemning the what happened. Uh, right. So good on him. That's that's good for him. It's still a terrible situation for everyone involved. Uh, the, the correct outcome. <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm very happy that the Raiders have kind of gone past all that, gone with their locker room leaders, and are just moving forward. If I believe they can continue to play like this, but – you know, the way they've been winning the last couple of weeks, I don't think you could say they could continue that, you know, like it's just, they've been killing. I, I mean, just pure and simple blowing, uh, blowing it out of the water on offense, the front four, the defense has been consistent. That's the, the crazy part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say the, the secondary has played a little better than I thought they would. Um, but that front four they've helps. been injured for three weeks. Yeah. Man, when Ngakwe can just freaking pin his ears back, dude, and go, like, he's one of the better pass rushers in the NFL, and he's not even the best pass rusher on his, on his team. And no. that's that's how you win in the NFL, guys. We, we talked about it last week. I've talked about it a lot lately. You get two great pass rushers at least, get some guys that can penetrate the interior, rush four, drop seven, and you make lives speed, harder. Speed yeah. everywhere else. Yep, exactly. All right, that'll do it for the good things. So back to the bad things. Um, and we're going to start with the Bears offense. And <laughs> the reason I wanted to start here is because I I had a tweet catch, uh, catch Bears Twitter today. Um, Justin Fields played poorly yesterday. And yeah. the, the stat line will say that he played like the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I, you know, maybe because a lot of teams were on by and there was a limited sample size, but Justin Fields is not as bad as your fantasy football friends are going to make him out to be. Uh, he has been pressured under two and a half seconds far too often. Uh, he isn't just holding on to the ball like people are saying, and he is making reads. He is not that bad. It sucks when your third and fourth string right tackle come in the game against Shaq Barrett. It's it's impossible. I tweeted out before the game, I am going to wince every time this ball is snapped because Nagy and company are going to get this kid killed. Sure enough, they didn't provide any chip help to the right tackle. Uh, they just... The craziest part is that they go heavy personnel so often, but they split their freaking tight ends out wide instead of having them help in pass pro, which is very, very necessary. 
Khalil Herbert uh, doesn't belong in this low light. Khalil Herbert is one of like three or four running backs to go for over a hundred yards against the Bucks defense in the last like two and a half years. Impressive. Had a good game. Um, outside of that, I mean, wipe this away you, with, with rookies don't wipe it away completely, but with rookies, the progress isn't always linear. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. This was a down game. I expect Justin Fields to bounce back uh, as long as he doesn't have COVID because the whole team has COVID now. So Randy, what were your thoughts on this game? It, it was kind of hard to watch for me. Uh, it was very hard to watch. I think I was very thankful that the Raiders were playing at the same time frame uh, yeah. because I was flipping back and forth and, after a while, um, it was very easy to switch to a different game to flip back and forth to. Um, and it's the outcome we expected. It's just the beatdown mentality of it. Um, and again, I don't see how – well, it's kind of calling yourself out if you, you say stuff like, well, he's just holding on the ball too long, especially in that game. Because if you watch it at all, there was – even in just the first quarter, there was like five times where he just – he had – two seconds to throw the ball like what do you expect and that was with interior pressure getting there as well like it doesn't have to get the sack but Vita Vea and Sue are pushing the guards and centers two yards into his face like it's just yeah it, it was like you said you were wincing I it was I couldn't watch it it was literally like I, I, I was nervous he was gonna get hurt dude like I honestly like I That's... made the joke to my dad that it was like at a certain point, this is getting to the equivalent of the longest yard after uh, Adam Sandler's character throws the game <laughs> where he yeah. comes back in and the line's just like, you yeah, fuck him. If yeah. he dies, he dies. <laughs> like, and it was just like, I dude, please. <laughs> and like you said, I, I, I was counting. I was like, Oh, there's two tight ends of the field. Thank God. Like I counting the huddle. Then they're both out wide. I was like, what are we <laughs> Yeah, do? or or they put they're them on Jason Peters. With, they're getting there in two seconds to four people. Like, yeah. you have to chip. I don't care if it's not in your scheme for the fucking week. Adapt, <laughs> yeah. dumbass. That's how yeah. coaching works. It's it's so frustrating to watch. And Justin Fields, there were people in my mentions today saying that Justin Fields didn't act like a leader. Then you're telling me you didn't watch his press conference or even read what he said in his press conference. The kid is mentally tough. He's going to bounce back from it. I have no qualms. A lot of people are saying that he's bad and he's destined to fail. Congrats on being wrong. I, d I don't think that's going to happen. So it's a, It was a lose-lose situation for him. He had no chance out there, and then he gets <laughs> condemned for that. He, If he would have screamed at his guys, he would have been condemned as a terrible leader and possibly a, a, a terrible person uh, or – other yeah. words that we will get into uh yeah. <laughs> just you know media words that shouldn't that are thrown yeah. around way too often for wrong situations uh yeah. and then it, him sitting back and being the, the the quiet leader that he is where he he'll talk to his guys he takes responsibility for his actions and he's he's always trying to move forward i mean we we saw him be a leader for three years at ohio state it's just <laughs> It's it's obvious that you just don't pay attention to what's going on. You just want to fit a narrative, which has been a kind of a huge thing in uh, sports in America for the last few years. Yeah, and I will say it's not only Justin Fields that's getting that treatment. It's Zach Wilson. It, it was Trevor Lawrence for a few weeks, but yeah. 
it's always been heightened for Justin Fields because there's a lot of things. I mean, Ohio State, you've got the Bears curse on quarter. Like everything is working against him. He's not that bad, guys. I go. I suggest going to Nate Tice's Twitter page. He had a great thread of things where he's just making fun of all of the takes. Um, it, it will enlighten you. It actually opened my eyes a little bit. We can't talk about Justin Fields anymore. Um, oh, great. Another quarterback that the narrative is just out of control. Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, guys, we were talking about Tua as if he started 72 games and this is what he is and his team has given up on him and it doesn't make sense. Tua has had 14 games as an NFL quarterback a year removed from a hip injury and he went out and just threw freaking dimes all over the field this week Tua's final stat line i had pulled up and i closed i got you 27 oh no it's 32 of 40 for 291 four touchdowns and two picks along with 29 yards on the ground yep and, and so he, before this game and i assume after this game is the quarterback two of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So for fantasy football, he's doing well. For real life, you'll see the the one interception and you'll say, what was Tua thinking? I will say that's back-to-back weeks of that, but so the point. No, no. The first interception, the red zone interception where the where Smythe didn't break. He didn't break the correct into the correct route. Um, the, the scrambling one where he was about to get sagged and he just chucked it up. That was terrible. That was a terrible yeah. decision. That's what I was talking about. Along yeah. with, uh, throwing to one dolphin amongst six, like Jaguars <laughs> and yeah. throwing to like the Jaguars somehow. <laughs> yeah. Only. It, was, it was weird, it but was not good. Uh, yeah, the, the guy running the wrong route, there's nothing you can do about that. That's happened to every quarterback at every level. Yeah. And then Tua, we talk about leadership. Tua said, that's on me. Uh, no, it wasn't Tua. You don't have to lie to everyone, but good leadership. Well, like it is and an do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he pro like he threw with the anticipation. It's stuff you'd like to see, but then when it happens in real life, you get upset because he threw a pick. But Tua's good, guys. He's not that bad. Uh, he his his offensive line has just it's very similar to Fields, where like they didn't build a good team around him. Hopefully, he gets his receivers back soon. I uh, and it's the same thing. Uh, it's it's what I feel will probably be the downfall of the Bengals this year if it happens. It's the same thing where their line isn't good at all either. Yeah. Uh, and again, Jamar Chase played incredible. Waddle played incredible. It still isn't the best football pick to go with those guys over the top tier linemen, but yeah, it'll work yeah. out. It, it's just one of those things. It's you have you basically set back your team a year to then jumpstart a year it's it's weird it's just it's a weird way to build your team and generally doesn't work that's the big issue the worst thing with Tua is I think we're getting to a point where Miami fans are out here like well we know he's not bad but he's been injured and all this blah 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 and at a certain point they're almost trying to fit it's in their minds and in their, their their speech that well, it's fine that we're trading for Watson. You know, like, it's fine we're getting rid of Tua. Like, he hasn't been that good. Like, he, he should be much better. That's why we drafted him there. And you're just trying to fit, like, 
so it works out that you're not making a bad move. Yeah. And we all know it's probably a bad move. Yeah. Not only that, that's just your your window to win is on the rookie quarterback deal. So build a team around the rookie quarterback. And then you basically have a couple year window. And I mean, look at the the Chiefs, which decent segue. Chiefs are in trouble, in my opinion. If that defense does not step up, we talked about Mahomes' struggles and the wide receiver struggles already, but that defense is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the NFL. Uh, and just in terms of what I was, was going to say, I, I yeah, with one lone bright spot, but yeah. And so, I guess my question for you, Randy, are the Chiefs going to miss the playoffs? I would still say no. Okay. I mean, it just because it, and we've seen this with other really good teams. Sometimes they just underperform for the first batch of the year. They get it back together at the end of the season. Uh, they should with the coaching staff that they fucking have. They should figure it out in the offense, especially. Um, I have a, a sneaking and afraid feeling that this struggle right now will be yet another year why Eric Bieniemy isn't hired as a head coach, which is wrong. Uh, but I think it'll get blamed on him instead of Andy Reid when the success only goes to Reid, not to him. Um, just saying. I mean, let's be fair. Really uh, stupid. But the defense has been very terrible. They've been. I think Chris Jones has been ineffective because they've been moving him around a lot because they want to use his immense talent in every aspect they seem best fit for the situation. It's just not working out as of right now. And again, it's a, it's a guy trying to play four different positions on a line at the same time. But when he was just working interior, he was quite possibly the best he tackled in football uh, only behind Aaron Donald, Aaron who Donald. also is plays all four positions. Uh, yeah. Except effectively, just, like effectively, yeah, and and we've seen Jones be effectively. It's just not consistent efficiency, like we see with Donald yet. At least the only good bright spot of this isn't Tyron Matthew, who is only his best claim to fame of the last few weeks is standing around with his arms open, blaming everyone else. Uh, it's actually Bolton, who we argued about at the draft process. However, yeah. uh, the the reasons I loved him is what's showing out. The reasons that you did not love him are also showing out because he is being taken out a good, I would say 40 to 50% on third down or obvious passing downs. There's like, yeah, someone else with a little bit better coverage, but that's the thing. Like when you are that aggressive and that disruptive and against a guy like Derek Henry, even uh, if you just figure out a little bit better in the passing game, you will be elite. There's no question. He has been the only bright spot of the many games I've watched of the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs and they're on national television every week. Uh, yeah. And I have Sunday ticket. But, uh, <laughs> so I guess that's yeah. probably not a good reasoning. But either way, <laughs> they, I mean, he has been killing it. And then you have one week of Damien Harris – or Damien Harris. Uh, Clyde was a killing it. You have one week of Hill killing it. You have uh, one week of Kelsey killing it with – some consistent games the rest of the time. He's been the kind of the bright spot, but even right. the line hasn't been incredible. Like the rest of the receivers are dog shit <laughs> and bad, Mahomes man. hasn't been perfect and he's not throwing for four fifty and five each game. So they can't just get bailed out by him doing that. Yeah. Well, and I would say that that rush rush for drop seven, that has been the Bud Dupree was able to land. Uh, Harold Landry was able to land like, 
that's how you get to Mahomes. The Browns tried a week one. It didn't work because their zone was shit. Uh, but they were getting pressure on him. And if you pressure Mahomes, if you pressure any quarterback, they're going to be worse, even if they're elite. Like I, I, Herbert is like the one guy that breaks that trend, and that's not sustainable either, in my opinion. So I don't know. Well, yeah, and a lot of his are dumping it to Eckler, dumping it to Allen Short, or just tossing it up deep to Williams, and Williams be like, I'll go get it, or I'll die. I don't care. <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess my hot take is that if the Chiefs don't turn it all around very, very quickly, I, I think they could miss the playoffs, which... Yeah, and you add in that... I mean, both... Both of us, I think, only had the Chiefs making it from the AFC West with the in the playoffs and our predictions, with the other three being very fucking close and killing each other basically to not get in. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the Broncos have lost all the steam, I would say. Uh, yeah. However, <laughs> the Raiders and Chargers have not, <laughs> and yeah. from all accounts, will not. So there's a good chance they don't win their division right now. Missing the playoffs, however, I won't get to that point because I think even if they lose the division, it'll be very, very close. Yeah, I think we're going to see six teams from the North and the West and the AFC in the playoffs. Three from the North, three from the West, probably. I would Um, agree with Titans and bills i get yeah. yeah it's definitely not i wouldn't say patriots over bills so it's kind of bills it's kind of it's kind of closer than i thought it would be yeah. but bills still. are still very good uh all right last low light before we get into the waiver wire uh, i just want to talk about robbie anderson and how you got nine targets three receptions um yeah guys like i said last week targets don't get fantasy points if you're in a well, point per target league then he's doing great three or four weeks of it too where he's gotten like seven and ten targets and he's only had like three catches two weeks ago it was drop city that was the reasoning but it the the team played bad especially on offense it's a game they should have won uh it's the game they were at least had the giants have to beat them and play really you know like not that the giants didn't play well credit to them it's just this it was (sighs) It was a case of a team playing pretty good in the Giants, I would say, and then a team of basically just handing it over. It, it was really strange. Uh, yet another game that I just like, well, not watching that shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, I was watching Red Zone because this was my first week to actually sit and watch. And they kept going to this game, and it was disgusting. And so I had to turn on one of the actual games, which, you know, probably better for me. But. Uh, yeah, Darnold is currently grading worse than two of his New York Jets seasons, um, which is not great. For... And that's with a good start, <laughs> like a, yeah. a really good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, a great first three games. It, it's rough right now. Uh, I think, I think that Joe Brady steam might be faltering as well. So, yep. All right, let's get into the waiver wire wish list. Remember, guys, these. These players might not be on your waiver wire. Most of these guys will be, like, without a doubt. <laughs> you, the guys that you can pick up off of waivers this week, not not household names for sure. No Austin Eckler's here. Um, but the first guy I want to talk about, and it was his – oh, go ahead. Quickly. Uh, yeah. I think this has kind of been a running theme over the last couple weeks. Uh, do not, in a just pure waiver league, blow your – top priority do not blow a lot of fab 
these guys are not worth it. Yes. They they are definitely worth consideration playing this week and or in the future. They are not worth uh, that <laughs> spending what you've been saving for. Yeah, I agree there. All right. But the first guy had a pretty good performance uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, and that is Russell Gage. He's only rostered in 28% of sleeper redraft leagues right now. Uh, Six targets, four catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. This was his first game back since week two. In his last two games that he's played, he has combined for 13 targets, nine catches, and over 90 yards, 95 yards to be exact. So pretty good sample size uh, within this offense. And that that seven-target game against Tampa Bay – that was before Matt Ryan really hit his stride, Who and he's been a lot better within that offense. So, Randy, are you interested in Russell Gage? They get the Panthers this week, so almost like Dante Pettis scored 15, Russell Gage can, right? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of it. I have my big concerns with this Falcons team. Um they have guys, uh, I mean, Kudero Patterson has been great this year. Ridley has been getting targeted heavily and yet isn't getting the result. I think we are getting, I think we're going to get the same thing with Gage as he's probably going to get five to eight targets every game. And unless he gets to the end zone, we're not going to give a shit. Um, the only one now that's playing well is Pitts, and that's really just a one and a half week sample size, maybe two weeks if you count it like that. Uh, I don't know what to think with this team yet because, as you said, Ryan's been playing better, but he also isn't efficient right now. Like yeah. he's he's stat wise playing better, but I don't love it. So it's just one of those like, yeah, if I need to watch Seaver, that I think I'm going to need to play this week. I think I would pick him up over over all the receivers here. Maybe mm-hmm. you know what? Actually, probably the next guy I'd probably pick up over him. Okay, for a one week thing. That's that's good to know. And I will say too, the the Matt Ryan stuff. I mean, he's gotten some pretty pan, like cake matchups too. Yes. Uh, but that won't that won't end for a little while. So I I think the receivers could benefit a little bit. But the next guy that you alluded to, Alan Lazard. Uh, rostered in 11% of sleeper redraft leagues. All of those are going to come from sleeper, just so you know. Last two weeks combined, 11 targets, eight catches, 87 yards, and two touchdowns. The more positive note is that, so at the beginning of the season, he I believe he had a preseason injury, so he was working his way back a little bit. Only in the 60s for the first three weeks in terms of snap percentage, these last four weeks, 79, 86, 85, 91. This was his highest snap count. This seems this seems to be the target two. Even even over the running backs at this point, I, I feel like Rodgers finally has a wide receiver two he can trust. Do you agree with that? I don't know about the full I can trust thing, but I think he's trying to put his trust into him now. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Tunyon looked better this game mainly because he got more looks um and i think that'll also be a thing on thursday with Devonte adams all but out i don't think he's actually fully out but it's the same thing with like Ertz, uh not Ertz, uh, goddard 
when they played on Thursday night where Monday he tested positive for COVID and it's like, well, he's probably out. <laughs> and then he was out because yeah. it's just, I mean, with the, the hoops you have to jump through to get back, you need a full two, three days. So at best case, you won't hear anything about Adams until probably Thursday or yeah. he doesn't test negative Tuesday and they're like, or, or Wednesday that is. And they're just like, well, he's done till next week. Uh, so yeah. I think with Adams out, Lazard will be the, the top target of this team. I think in the Thursday night DFS or on thrive, uh, a line on NVS might be something that I'm looking into because of a deep shot. Tanya and I think I would look into running backs as well, but he, the last two weeks has performed everyone not named about the Adams, obviously. Um, right. He's a good doing it. So I, I think there's some trust there. He's a flyer. Most weeks I would take, but because of the Adams news, I think he's probably the top receiver to take for a one week rental type situation with possible upside for the rest of the season. Easy on that one week. So the Arizona this week, obviously Thursday, Kansas city the next week. So you've got at least two weeks from him. <laughs> but I said with possible upside, yeah, yeah, this yeah. trend I, continues. I'm just saying he probably scores the most of these wide receivers this week. Yeah, for sure. I'm in on that. Uh, next guy, Khalif Raymond, 7% rostered. Now, you guys might be saying, I'm not picking up Khalif Raymond. And that's what I said until I looked at the target share over the last couple of weeks. The last two weeks combined, shout out that. Uh, that's like, Tyler. right. That's I, absurd. I thought for a fact, just knowing you as a friend, that you're going to be like, and you might be thinking, I'm getting arrested. No, uh, Khalif <laughs> Raymond, but no, because that's exactly what I was. I was just yeah. waiting. That's why I giggled. Uh, I think someone. Yeah, dude, what the hell? Is your neighbor arrested now? What's going on? I don't know. I, I feel like it might be happening, but uh, back to Khalif Raymond. So the last two weeks, uh, 89% snaps. It's crazy. I, it just uh, got back. It was quiet. For a I know. Back. It's wild. Uh, turned the curb again. That's... Right. So. Last two weeks, 89% snaps, 81% snaps, uh, 15 targets, 12 catches, over 140 yards, uh, 150 yards, actually. And he hasn't found the end zone, but that doesn't matter. Over the last two weeks, he's averaging around 13 fantasy points per game, uh, 9.7 and then 17.6. Obviously had the big week this week, but... Uh, week eight, he gets the Eagles, who just got shredded by Derek Carr. I know that Goff said that he wanted to get St. Brown involved in the offense and then just said, I meant Khalif. I'm thrown to Khalif. Uh, do you have interest in Khalif, at least moving forward, knowing that he's probably the top wide receiver to have on this roster? Yeah, I I mean, I definitely wish it was uh, <laughs> yeah. St. Brown. Don't we all? Um, I think it should be, but... I think, and I think we could get that through the end of the season, but right now it's it's Raymond. So I think he's very he's he's very flex worthy with the target share. And again, I know it's the Lions. I know it's a dog shit team. It doesn't matter. It, like the bad teams could still have great fantasy assets. I mean, especially in this banged up receiving core in a deep league. I think you probably are starting Raymond this week. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. In a in a normal 10, 12 league. Uh, 18, definitely not. Uh, but <laughs> you're considering him in the flex. Yeah, 
which is crazy to think. I mean, I will say the one thing Raymond offers over St. Brown is speed. The kid's fast. So, um, okay, next guy, CJ Uzama. I know I, I wanted to say Akash on Twitter. Shout out Akash. I think he made a joke that he can't wait to see Uzama on waiver articles this week because what he's doing is fairly unsustainable. Uh, all most of his target share is accompanied with touchdowns in his highest targeted game in week four against Jacksonville, six targets. He did score two touchdowns this week. He had three targets and scored two touchdowns, but we saw this with Dawson Knox. We're kind of seeing this with this Bengals team. They, they do like to target the tight end a few times a game. And when they do it, has good results and we've been comfortable with Dawson Knox CJ Uzama right now is the 10 and 11 in PPR so I guess maybe not a rest of season type of thing but as a streamer for this week against the Jets how do you feel about Uzama I don't feel as comfortable actually okay. uh, because I don't expect the Jets to be able to put up points <laughs> um, Flacco? you sure I mean, I'm not saying Flacco's like inept and can't move the ball by any means because he's he's a veteran, big arm quarterback and a Super Bowl uh, winner. So yeah. let's not like discredit him. But it's st- like they're clearly better than the Jets, and unless the yeah. Jets play absolutely lights out, I don't think there's great cause for these tons of deep shots. Which is what I mean. He shouldn't have had that long touchdown. I mean, him covered by Marlon Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey basically falling down and then not tackling him, letting him get in the end zone basically was atrocious and should not have happened. Uh, And then, I I mean, like that shouldn't happen. So you take away that big play and he had a novice day at best. But I think that's what you're kind of going to rely on for the future is possibly two to four catches and a touchdown, which – We've seen be fantasy relevant at the tight end position for the few, in the past, and I think it will be in the future. Uh, so yeah. he, he's worth a pickup if you have nothing at tight end. I mean, there's yeah. teams that I mean, there's teams that have Bob Tunyon that has just now paid off one week. I don't think that's necessarily sustainable. So maybe pick up him as a different option if you ignored picking up, as we said for weeks, Schultz and <laughs> Knox. Yeah, I will say CJ Ozama already broke his uh, season touchdown record by two touchdowns, which was his total from this weekend. So uh, having a good year. Another Bengal really quickly, not a really a guy that I really want to talk about for too long, but worth talking about, uh, Samaj P. Ryan. So Samaj P. Ryan, he obviously was bolstered up by a long uh, touchdown run in this game, but he went 11 for 52 with a touchdown, caught a 23-yard pass as well. Played on 48% of the snaps, and that's what I feel is significant. I took a flyer on Chris Evans, even knowing that Piran was back. I just needed an upside play, and Chris Evans was rendered irrelevant. Piran is good. Uh, Piran seems to be involved in this offense. Again, it's the Jets. Maybe this is the game to stream him, but how do you feel about Piran right now? I, I think I just echo everything you just said. Like he's yeah. he's clearly not used more and or better than Mixon. Uh, he had a better game, really, than Mixon because of one big play. Um, but but however, forty eight percent of snaps is nothing to sneeze at, uh, especially with a lot of the 
somewhat committee approach we've seen from a lot of teams. So I, I think in a deep league, he's worth a pickup. If you picked up Gio Bernard, I think you should probably pick him up. Or if, you, if you're picking up Rashad Penny, I think you should pick him up. Yeah. The last two games he's played, 61% of snaps, 48, 11 carries, averaging over five yards a carry. So yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, we're not going to talk about him. I said we would, but we're not going to uh, because he should be your top waiver priority out of this group. Kenneth yep. Gainwell is going to get the lion's share. He's good at football. Uh, told you this six weeks ago. Hopefully you listened and you just can start him this week. Uh, but he's only rostered in 38% of leagues, so I felt like we had to add him. Next guy, another guy we talked about last week, Michael Gallup, 49% rostered. Uh, this He was designated to come off the IR, which means that he will probably play this week. He might not play this week. He might just practice this week and play next week. I think he'll play this week, though, because uh, he's had quite a quite a bit of time to recover. Bye week, too. They just, yeah, I mean, they just yeah. said bye week. Very true. Uh, Randy, how would you prioritize uh, Gage, Lazard, and Gallup? Uh, Lazard, Gage, Gallup. Um, okay. But it's because I, I, there's still a lot to figure out with the Cowboys offense, with everyone there. So, and especially week one before the Gallup injury, we didn't see a lot of tight end usage. Uh, we d- didn't really see a lot of Amari usage either or running back usage. So, like, you add in <clears throat> all of those factors, which there's two tight ends and two running backs. I-, I think he has the potential to be the biggest upside play for the season. However, I think it's just one of those, like, well, I think people held on to him. And then he's probably not going to do anything for two weeks and then drop, drop him. Them. And then, and then he's, he's going better to pick up that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. All right. Uh, we sh- we put Rashad Penny on this list. Uh, 44% of snaps yeah. with Collins Just, banged up. You can talk yeah. through that. Quickly, Collins banged up. He also didn't look ultra efficient against the Saints run defense, which the Saints run defense is good. So that's okay. Um, but with him banged up, him and Homer and Collins also in the field. The reason I put him on here is because with Carson out, he is the only one that I've seen them show the willingness to play three downs. So because of that, I think he's worth a look. Um, And I think DJ Dallas to an extent had that, but they're going to play Penny over DJ Dallas. So um, if Collins gets banged up again from tonight, or they're not sure, I think at a good matchup, which I don't know who they play, uh, it could end up being a plus matchup for a deep league for Penny. Yeah. Either uh, Rashad Penny plays at Jacksonville next week. So, hmm. <laughs> seems like a pretty good plan. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's good points. Um, I'd probably prioritize uh, Gainwell for sure and Pirine over him still. So I think I would too. It's just something I wanted to mention. Yeah, for sure. This is the the mediocre, also above mediocre analysis that you're here for, guys. Uh, Speaking of which, trade deadline holds. So NFL trade deadline, right, Randy? This is Yes, yes. Every fan's league's different, so I don't know your trade deadlines. It's very true, yeah. Some don't even have them. Uh, So the NFL trade deadline, November 2nd, 4 p.m., Three guys Randy wanted to highlight that you should either hold or even maybe scoop up uh, this week off of waivers. Yeah, they, they don't have high 
roster percentages. Uh, so it's the guys that are talked about. I mean, it's you would think with I understand they probably got dropped this week uh, because of the bipocalypse. Uh, so a lot of teams just needed those spots. But the three guys that are talked about most right now in trades, uh, trading for not trading away uh, kind of thing. So Tua yeah. not involved. Uh, but right. Marlon Mack from the Colts, uh, only 21% owned currently, has looked good, but he's in there. He has no use on this team. Uh, he will either be traded or cut, in my opinion, uh, yeah. because I don't think they want to be – I don't see the cruel, the Colts being cruel enough to not need him and less of a major injury and then just being like, well, no one wanted you enough to trade a, a fifth-round pick, so I guess you're sitting around. Because after this, I don't see him taking seven carries a game. Like he's going to be, no. uh, he's probably going to be a healthy scratch most weeks. Yeah, if, if he doesn't get traded. But if he does get traded, we've seen tons of upside from him. He's looked healthy and good so far. That's a good sign. Trade deadline, uh, middle of next week, not this yeah. week. Middle of next week. Ronald Jones at thirty nine percent looked really good. Uh, think had about. So almost six and a half yards a carry, I believe, yeah. <laughs> this week. Uh, only 10 that. carries. Uh, but he is a very capable back. I don't trust anything Bruce Arian says. <laughs> so I think if maybe there's teams trying to call up Marlon Mack and they want a fifth and they call the <laughs> they call yeah. the, the Tampa Bay Bucks and offer a sixth and a rotational third-string tackle, they'll probably take him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh okay. Ronald Jones is just isn't used. The only way he'll be used on this team is if Leonard Fournette gets hurt. Well, this was a showcase. They gave him ten carries. He averaged yep. over six a carry. He did fumble the ball late. Um, yeah, which, that's it. Sucks. Yeah, it, it does suck because it's a false narrative. All right, who's the last one? Uh, yeah, and then uh, it's, no nickname <laughs> added for this. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I almost added a few different nicknames through my head yeah. there quickly. Um, but Deshaun Watson, it's ramping up the trade news, however, uh, real it is or not, or if it's just his agent putting out news. Uh, but we are to the extent of not only the Dolphins, but also Washington, also Carolina, and possibly other teams looking into this. Um, so that is a very real thing. I think if you've held on to Watson, you cannot drop him until november 2nd uh and if he's out there in free agency and you got the bench spot after say you had f six people at by this week now you don't give a shit about bye weeks i think you hold on to him and these backs for the possibility of that being a top end option or trade bait after this week yeah. and the other thing with all three of these guys is <clears throat> after november 2nd we know what's happening so like i said Marlon Mack, Ronald Jones, they're either cut, which Ronald Jones probably wouldn't get cut, but he's either traded or he's back to what we are now and you cut him. Marlon yeah. Mack is either traded or cut, in my opinion, or if they refuse to let him go, you cut him. Who gives a shit? He's a handcuff at that point that you probably don't want to hold on to because Taylor's look good and healthy. But Watson, it, it's a weird situation because there's either a point where he is traded – and you obviously just won the lottery ticket and you don't even have to keep it. You can just trade it away immediately, not have to deal with him being on 
your team. Now I'd have to deal with him being rusty to start the year because, you know, he hasn't fucking practiced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> learning a playbook, you don't have to care about any of that. You just trade him away. Or you keep him and he's Deshaun Watson or at least uh, 80% of it. And you have a QB1. Or yeah. he doesn't get traded in time and he works it out with the Texans to play because he wants to show people that he still has it even without playing. He's not worried about it because then his trade value is then thinking of for next year and people exactly. will not enjoy him not playing a full year. Uh, as you can tell from all the rookies coming into the season that sat out the year because of COVID and got absolutely trashed for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Rightful or not. I mean, look at Jamar Chase and Sewell. They're playing well. but Exactly. Uh, So for that, uh, and Mike Parsons, for that matter, uh, it's it's a weird thing where either he's traded or he's played or he's done. You cut him. Who gives? I I don't see how that's a loss. I mean. It's not. Literally, all three of these guys, in my opinion, you were buying a $1 scratch off that has the chance you thought to maybe get you $2. Maybe lose, but right. you somehow won five grand off it, and you're the happiest person in that convenience store at 4 a.m. when you shouldn't be that happy. Uh, yeah. just saying, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't see why this is a bad thing. Uh, but I, I'm I want them all in my team, and a lot of times, a lot of places I have Watson, a couple places I have Mac. I really just want the chance here. I want Ronald Jones to get traded so I can. I think he's talented. I want to see him on a different team. I really do. I hope the Falcons go get him because Mike Davis sucked this week. Uh, I'm sorry if you guys listened to my start of the week last week. Uh, it was Mike Davis. He, it, Randy was right. Uh, Randy called Cordero getting the bulk of the carries and the good work, and he did. so. Uh, but I would like to see Ronald Jones do that. Yeah. yeah. He deserves right. it. <laughs> he, he does. Um, all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. Make sure you guys tune into The Cut Podcast Network. We are on your favorite podcast platform, but most of our shows do go live. Our Thursday Start Sit Show and Thursday Night Football Preview is podcast only, so make sure you find that wherever. Just search The Cut FFB. You'll find us if you aren't already subscribed. We would love any four or five-star reviews that you could leave. We, we very much appreciate it. It definitely helps us out. Uh, shout out to Thrive Fantasy, who I did not mention in the middle of this episode. If you use promo code THECUT, your first time depositing with Thrive Fantasy, they will match your deposit up to $100. Very, very fun app. Prop betting, it's it's great. We have a lot of good advice that we give throughout the week. I, I had a decent Thrive week. I think I got my money back this week, but that was it. Um, but overall, it, it's a great app, so make sure you guys go check that out. There is also a link in this episode of the podcast, even if you're watching live on, on Facebook or YouTube. Randy, anything else, dude? I can't, I can't think of <laughs> uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, nothing actual newsworthy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, remember, like I said, the college football cut this week is canceled. We'll be back next week, uh, which will be kind of like a, a college football playoff uh like ranking show, I believe, because in two weeks, that's when the first college football playoff rankings come out. So other than that, uh, remember, we will talk to you guys Thursday morning. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys then. Later.